Welcome to Unscripted, your weekly podcast featuring Kirby Hossman and Bill Petrie, where they talk about all things promotional, marketing, and branding. As always, it's brought to you by Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. Morning, promotional products professionals and other people in the industry. You know who you are. I am Bill Petrie, your co-host for this week's episode of Unscripted, and with me as always, my good friend, my good pal, all-time all-star player man, PPAI rising star from Coshocton, Ohio. Let's give it up for my co-host, Kirby Hossman. Kirby, as I always have to ask, how the hell are you today? Man, that I'm, I'm better now. That was that's one heck of a uh, intro there, and uh, you know, PPA rising star. That's funny. It, it, I, well, I, I'm, I'm a little jacked up this morning. I actually had coffee, which really? I very rarely have, and people can probably tell I had a little bit of coffee. So I'm having a good time here on the podcast. So let me get started. And, you know, I want to see, oh, just kidding. That You've had some coffee, not the booger sugar. I, I did not partake in the booger sugar <laughs> this morning. Good to know. Good to know. This morning. Yeah. That's I want to be very clear on that. You know, Kirby, I woke up this morning, uh, got my kids off to school as I do on most weekdays, and it's cold outside here in Nashville. I do not know what it's like in Coshocton, but today the low was 20 degrees with a wind chill of 13. And as I noticed on my vehicle, which is parked outside my house, do you know what was on my car this morning? Do you want to take a guess? I would guess ice. You know what, Kirby? There was a very thin sheen of ice on my car. So you know what I did? I ran outside in my Texas A&M slippers, and I used a Bay State ice scraper. And in less than I, – I, I didn't time myself, but I'm going to go ahead and say about 45 seconds, I was able to remove that thin sheen of ice from my car windshield. And it looks like I could get in the car and drive right away. I mean, there are no better quality ice scrapers in the industry than the ice scrapers that come from the good people at Bay State, who, by the way, and coincidentally, sponsor this podcast. Which is very sweet of them. It really, it really, really is. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up this morning, I'm ready to get going, and I want to, as always, Curry, thank you for having the courage to do this podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate your courage as well. I oh, there's a lot of cur- courageousness this yeah. <laughs> this, this morning. Kirby, do you have a topic to start us off with today? Yeah, yeah, we'll go um, go a little personal here. Um, the as you know. Um, we had lost a um, an internal team member here several months ago. I do know that. Yeah, and so that was a, a big shift for the company because um, we've operated for the next couple months where we're like, okay, we want to make sure we absolutely need to replace that position. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've decided to do is replace the position, just kind of made that decision the last week. Okay. But I want to make a little bit of a shift. Uh, it's historically been a customer service position. I want to shift that to like an inside sales, sales assistant um, kind of deal. Something a little more revenue producing, I said, it sounds like. Yes, exactly right. want okay. them to be able to justify their own existence within the organization. But that's – so I say that just to say, look, you know, one of the things I'm going to be doing is um, looking for a hire. And I know that's something that regardless of distributor, supplier, um, we all have um, – we all go through that. Those of us wanting to grow, we're going to need people to uh, be a part of the team. So what should I be looking for? Like um, I know that you help people 
um, in that way, right? You, I do. Yeah. And so what, what are some things? What are some attributes? What are some things I should be looking for in the perfect hire? And I, I want your opinion, but I also want to hear from, you know, the audience. Uh, sure. So go ahead. So uh, I'll give you my opinion. For too long, I think people look for a certain skill set when they're hiring. And I have completely made a shift away from that because most, if not all, skill sets can be taught. What I can't teach is culture and I can't teach care. And so when I – and I haven't uh, been in a position really to hire for a couple of years, but I've I've done it a lot. And I've made a lot of mistakes, which is unfortunately how you learn how to hire, right? (laughs) Right, You you hire someone and then three days in you're like, "Um, they're not going to make it. I know they're not going to make it, but now I've got to do this little dance of trying to help them make it. Um, So I've made completely the shift in hiring for culture. There's nothing worse in an organization than a culture killer. Someone who is consistently negative, someone who complains about everything, because I don't care what job you have, there are positives and there are negatives. So we can all focus on bitching about the negatives or focusing on the positives. So I want someone who can uh, deal in a fast-paced environment, does not need a hell of a lot of direction, Mm. and uh, is a self-starter. So I, I really look for those type of things. So when I interview somebody, Kirby, I don't walk in with a whole list of questions. I, I actually just want to have a conversation with them. I want to get an idea of who they are at their core. Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they someone who uh, is, or have, has a great attitude just towards life or is it doom and gloom? Right. So, you know, for especially the role you're hiring for, um, you're going to want someone who has an effervescent personality, and there's your big thesaurus word for the week. Um, but you want someone who's going to ha- be able to bring energy to it, and that, and you're going to be able to. That's going to be able to translate through for the phone, right? right. So, I, I, to me, the hiring is it's an art. It is not a science. Yeah. It is absolutely not a science. And there's no list of questions that are ideal. But I think if you hire for culture, and I've been to your your little factory up there in Coshocton, <laughs> and I don't know the skill sets uh, of your team. What I do know is that they like what they do, and they work well together. And so I think whatever talent gaps there may have been or skill set gaps there may have been, those have been learned. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you can't teach care, and you can't teach culture and attitude. That those are inbred in people. Yeah, I, it's funny. I I think we're on the same page um, in, in that respect. I, it's a lot of times I always say that I wanted to create a company that I wanted to come to work at. And so part of what I'm trying to get at with an interview is do I want to hang out with this person five days a week, right? And, um, and um, the other thing that we've said uh, before is we really, in, especially in this position, we need a person who gives good phone so um, that almost made my promo pants go crazy. <laughs> I had a feeling it might. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Well, that's good. Good tips. And like I said, I would love to hear from the audience of any tips uh, they have too. Can I add one more thing? Yeah, and it's just an interesting comment. So I have a friend, um, in, not in the industry, but when he does hiring, he meets them for the first uh, first interview after hours at a bar. Oh yeah. 
And he does that because he wants to see he, the, the job he usually is hiring for is somebody who's going to have to act in a social setting. So there's going to be alcohol involved and things like that. And he wants to see how the candidate is going to act. Are they going to have three drinks during the interview? Are they going to politely decline? Are they going to be able to focus on um, the person talking? Or, you know, are they distracted by all the things that are happening in the room? And it's a very interesting perspective. I'm not sure I would advocate that. But yeah. I really like the idea behind it. Yeah, well, the, it, it's funny. Uh, Tim Fargo, I interviewed him, and that was one of his big um, big things. He took people to a bar during an interview because he said, same thing, that's mm-hmm. where they're going to do. So his right. lesson was not necessarily take them to a bar, but take them to where they're going, you know, watch them do their job. And he said he had said that he had a, a candidate that literally went to the bar and watched an entire hockey game with his back to the interviewer. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, I think that's hysterical. That is great. That right, is man. great. You got a topic? I I do. So one of the things I I did this week, I was responsible for the dish uh, yes. this week for Promo Kitchen, which is a weekly article where a rotating group of chefs and you're you're a Promo Kitchen chef as well takes responsibility to find you know four to six articles that are pertinent to the branding, promotional products, marketing industry. And one of the articles I pulled this week was titled The Role of Color in Branding, which is something that always fascinates me. Um, And I wonder, I want your perspective on this. I mean, you've had, uh, I don't know how long you've had the same logo and the same colors. That's something you can share or not share. That's up to you. But when you designed your logo, your brand, did you consciously think about the colors you wanted to use? Or was it just, I like that color type thing? Yeah. It's so funny. I, 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 as a branding, uh, representative, right. I should be able to tell you that I, and I guess I gave it thought, right. But in reality, I really like blue. (laughs) That's, and that's the honest to goodness truth. I know I should have spent more time like, and I know, you know, I've read all the studies about what blue represents, what red represents, what, you know, all that. Right. And at the end of the day, blue is, you know, I can justify my decision based on what it says they represent. But at the end of the day, if you look at most of the shirts in my closet, if you look right. at the things I buy, I like Hosman Marketing Blue. Okay. So do you remember what blue stands for? Just out of curiosity, this is a pop quiz. Yeah. Kirby. No, it's fine. Uh, the, the, the study that I most recently talked about talked about it being soothing and, okay. and relaxing and putting you at a sense of ease. Interesting. So the one I'm the, the infographic okay. that I had shared, um, and I, I just so you know, I happen to like blue as well. Yeah. So the the brand of eight logo is blue and silver. I just like the combination. Yep. Not because I'm a Cowboys fan, although <laughs> I am. I mean, really, it has nothing to do with it. Um, I just like the combination. So blue uh, should be it stands for strength, mm. trust, and reliable. So blue creates a sense of trust in the brand and it's the favorite color of most people and then silver just to you know so now i want your other you have is it just blue for yours or you have a little yellow in there too do you not uh for the most part it's blue and we we throw in other colors just to showcase that we can do full color got it (laughs) and so i i have blue and and silver what they call this study is neutral color so it's a black a gray silver balance calm and premium oh okay i like it Cool. So, so theoretically, the logo of Brandivate conveys uh, uh, sense of trust and professionalism. 
I'm not sure how accurate that is. I'd like to think it's accurate. That's for other people to decide, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's the at the end of the day, I, I give talks where um, the most recent one I gave was at the Imagine Brands sales meeting yep. uh, last week in uh, beautiful Tampa Bay, Florida, mm-hmm. and one of the things I talked about was. You know, when do you give 100%? You can't give 100% 100% of the time. So where do you choose to give 100%? And at the end of all of this, you know, we don't decide whether we give 100% or not. The client does. Right. Just like I don't decide what my brand stands for. That's up for my audience to decide. Right. And so I just think it's interesting. You know, I didn't go down like you. I did not go down a rabbit hole of, oh, I must convey professionalism and trust. Obviously, you want to do that, but yeah. I didn't consciously do it. Like you, it's colors I like. But uh, it's just interesting when you look at the the, uh, the studies. The only thing I'd say about that, Bill, it makes me laugh, is like I, I used to joke uh, – I think it was like – have you ever noticed that every um, ch- – uh, fortune cookie gives you a good fortune. Never, never, you know. So I say yep. that to say, like all these color studies, none of them says, "Oh, use this color because that represents that your brand will be a shit show." Right, <laughs> right. I think. Well, I think periwinkle might be that color. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not positive. Again, I'm you know I'm I'm a simple caveman, but I think periwinkle indicates you're weak and have zero game. I believe that's what periwinkle stands for. Okay. So any of you who have a periwinkle um, logo may want to rethink that. Yeah. Well, that's good. See, it's good advice you get on Unscripted, for sure. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you don't, folks, you don't get this anywhere else. <laughs> All right. Cool, man. So, so what do you have next for a topic for us, for our, our two listeners, John Norris and Harvey Mackler? <laughs> what, what should we talk to about today for, for Harvey and John? Okay. Um, so let me say, uh, you know, I'm going to start by saying that I am a big fan of PPAI. Uh, I'm a big fan of pretty much most of what they do. And I, I really like the people there. By the way, any, <laughs> when you, when <laughs> anyone starts off a conversation, Hey, before I get started, let me say something super positive <laughs> because I'm about to criti- criticize something. Um, and, and honestly, maybe this is one of those things where I'm totally half baked here. So, um, I'm, I'm willing to, to hear that. Um, so right now, uh, you know, the PPAI expo is coming up and I'm a big fan of that event. I'm going to that event and, uh, speaking at it, love, just love the organization. They do a great job. They have a campaign right now that is, um, promoting it and it's the why I expo, uh, campaign. Um, I also want to concede, I've already said, I really like PPAI. I also want to concede that I think giving it further thought, I'm probably not the audience for the campaign, but that right, you're, going to go, you're going anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm going anyway. Um, but I truly don't understand that campaign. And this is not a knock on anybody who's like tied to it or whatever. I just don't understand it. They, they've shown pictures of people with horses. They've shown pictures of people with koala bears and I just don't understand with what a picture with a koala bear has to do with me going to a trade show in Las Vegas. Like I, maybe you can educate me, Bill, but I don't get it. Well, I, I'm gonna. I, I'm almost ambivalent uh, to that campaign. It doesn't necessarily draw me off sides in terms of what the hell does that mean? That's stupid. Um, like you, I think that people either. I, I don't look at the expo as having competition. 
Yeah. So if I'm not going to Expo, it's because I live in Orlando and there's an ASI show <laughs> right right there at the beginning of the year. You know, or I'm on the East Coast and I don't want to travel to Las Vegas anyway. Right. Um, so looking at I, – I, I, I don't know what the trade show numbers are in terms of attendance. Yeah, um, it doesn't feel like that one has shrunk over the last couple of years, although I know – and, and I've heard Paul Bellantone refer to it. I know to, to it this way. I know that the PPI Expo is where they get most of their funding. That's okay. how they, you know, that, that it's membership in the Expo is where they get most of their uh, in revenue. And he refers to the Expo as their PPI's bake sale, right? Okay. So right. Yeah, like that, that is something I know is important to them from a revenue perspective. So. Uh, looking at the ad campaign, it is a little puzzling to me. Um, I think it's I think it's called "This Is Why I Expo." Okay. Um, I expo because PPI puts on the show. Yeah. That's why because it's there. <laughs> um, I don't do it because there's koala bears or kangaroos or glitter or whatever. I go because it's a damn good show. Yes. Um, I, I I like the layout. Um, I, I'm of you know. Just personally, I'm tired of Vegas like everybody else. But when I really look at it, that's probably the best place for it. Yep. Um, you know, I, when it was in Dallas, and, and I know you went to a couple shows. In, I think you went to a couple shows in Dallas. Did you not? Have you ever been to a show in Dallas for Expo? Not. You, okay. I have not. So my first couple of years in the industry, it was in Dallas, which is where uh, PPAI's headquarters is. Yep. And Dallas, you know, it's great for me because I, you know, free trip home or, you know, it's an easy trip home. But you never know what the weather's going to do, and it was spread out, and you'd have to drive to go to restaurants and, and things like that. And so it was always kind of a crapshoot what kind of weather you get. Right. In Vegas, that's not a problem, yeah, right. And, and everything's contained. And yeah, we all bitch and moan about I haven't stepped foot outside in three days, and I know I'm like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but there's probably no better place for it. I, I but back to the original topic because I'm going off topic, and I apologize. Um, and by apologizing, I mean I'm not apologizing. <laughs> um, I I think I don't know who the ad campaign's geared to. I don't know if it's millennials. I don't see this groundswell of people looking at Expo like I can't go there. It's too big or it doesn't give me any value. There's well, there education. No there's all sorts of stuff there if you look. There's all sorts of value there if you put in the effort. Um, but like you, I think the ad campaign's a little little weird. Yeah. Um, I remember last year, and I thought about this, it was the best expo ever. That was the campaign last year. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Uh, vaguely, yeah. And my initial thought was, okay, so does that mean next year's is going to suck? Because <laughs> where do you go from best expo ever? Well, no, last year was the best expo ever, but this is the bester yeah. one ever. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I know that they need to advertise, and they certainly want to get people out there because it's important to them, and I understand and respect that. But like you, the campaign falls a little flat for me. I, I, uh -oh. and again, I just don't understand. Now, now, I really actually hope somebody tells me, oh, no, that really resonates with me. Great. And if that's the case, that's super. I just well, it's a, it, This is the first time I've seen a campaign where I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Well, and that's that's a problem with any ad campaign, right? I mean, we all watch Super Bowl commercials, right? It, as much as the game, we watch Super Bowl commercials. And invariably, there's one or two commercials that starts and ends, and I have no idea what they were advertising. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but somebody thought it was awesome. So. Yeah. So. All right. Well, okay. That's my, that's my shot for the day. What do you got? We got we'll get time for one more. We got time for one more. Okay. So let's do something a little fun. I, I this is something that just popped into my bill brain. I'm going here. Everybody, listen to this. 
That's me throwing away my topics. <laughs> my list of topics that I had. They're gone. I just threw it against the wall. Kirby, it is the holidays. Um, it's time for uh, uh, all sorts of goodness and things like that. I want to know two things. What is your favorite Christmas carol, either either secular or non-secular, famous Christmas song, the one that really gets you in the mood? And what is your favorite Christmas cookie? Oh, man. Okay. Um, let's see. Fam- favorite Christmas carol. Or song. It could be, it could be song, a song. Whatever. That's- uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, really like Joy to the World, if you're okay. looking, just as kind of a traditional one. Sure. And then, um, was it the John Lennon tune? Um, so This is so Christmas. So This is Christmas, I really like. Nice. Um, so that's that. And then Christmas Cookie. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be, I don't, I don't like sweets. I don't. Whoa! Yeah, not, not a cookie guy, not a cake guy. Like, literally, for, for my birthday growing up, my parents would be like, what kind of cake do you want? And I'd say, Pizza. I, I, I don't. Okay. I, I don't like well, sweets. Sorry. Let's be let's be clear here. First of all, cake sucks in general. Uh, pie is far superior. In fact, okay. for every birthday, I don't get a cake. I get a pie, and okay. I'd rather have a pie. You know why? Because you can get really bad cakes. I've never had a bad pie. Okay. Uh, so I understand. So you don't know Christmas cookies for you. Yeah. Sorry, man. How about you? What about what about the one Christmas song that just makes you want to turn the dial? You can't turn the dial fast enough. Wow. Honestly, that it. it there are – I don't know that I could narrow it to one. Oh, um, okay. Well, yeah. give, give me one. Uh, yeah. um, I tell you what. You give me yours. Give me a second to think about it. Okay. All right. So my one of my favorite Christmas songs – I love Let It Snow. I love a traditional okay. like Dean Martin singing or Nat King Cole singing Let It Snow. I really like that song a lot. Um I still uh, and I still really. I, I also love the John Lennon. You know, so this is Christmas. That always gets me in, in a good mood. Um, I also like. Uh, Do they know it's Christmas? Uh, I know it's not really a traditional Christmas song. You know, by Band Aid from 1984. Oh, okay, yeah. But it always reminds. It's just. It's just reminds me of giving back and, and all that type of thing. So I really, I really like that. As far as Christmas cookies. Kirby, I do like the sweets. Um, okay. I am not a communist like you, so I do enjoy uh, the occasional sweet here and there. Yeah. And so when it comes to a holiday cookie, boy, there is nothing better for me than a high-quality snickerdoodle. Okay. Love me some snickerdoodle. Yeah. Um, not only is it fun to eat, gosh darn it, it's fun to say. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling. Yeah, my kids love those. Yeah, absolutely. Do they? Yeah. And as far as... Uh, there's a couple Christmas songs that just make me want to throw up every year. Um, and this one pains me to say I am a huge fan of this man. Uh, I followed his career. Um, but I got to tell you, Wonderful Christmas Time by Sir Paul McCartney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is like a cheese grater on my spinal cord. I don't know what kind of organ they used in that song. But it is, it is so horrible. Can't deal with it. And then from an old-timey type Christmas song, mm-hmm. Santa Baby oh, just yeah. creeps me out. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's yeah, a seductive song about some chick who wants to have a little uh, Yule Log fun with Santa, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a good one. I hadn't thought of that one, and that is one of the ones that I'm like – And I, you know what it is? I think it's the Christmas songs. Like I actually really like Bruce Springsteen, but I'm super over – 
his one tune where he asked what's his head if he's got a saxophone for Christmas and oh, yeah I'm, I'm that is a beating yeah I'm that is over a beating. That. you know why because that song lasts I don't know like ninety seven minutes yeah and then three minutes later they started again uh, yes. so yeah no I, Santa Claus is coming to town <laughs> yep that's good that's actually pretty good and oh by the way another positive one and it depends on yeah. the time but like Christmas Eve Silent Night I love that I love that always yeah. So yeah, okay. one, other, one other one real quick that I can't stand, and it's in one of my favorite Christmas movies, Elf. But baby, it's cold outside. Oh, drives yeah, yeah. me to the moon. It's like yeah. two separate songs, and they're singing over each other. And it's a and little I really Yeah, can't stand that one. Yeah, no, I don't like that one either. I'm with you. All right, All right. bro. Well, that's a good one. This well, is you know, super I, important I, topics. I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but as I mentioned earlier, you know. Kirby, it is cold outside. I'm not going to sing the song. And because it's cold outside, I am super glad that I have gone to BayState.com and I've gotten myself and my clients a fabulous skyscraper. Because you know what? Baby, it is cold outside and I need to see to drive. So when I, uh, I, I have a less chance of veering off the road when Santa Baby comes on because I can't turn the radio fast enough. So I'm really thankful for the good people at Bay State and their high-quality ice scrapers. That's a good one, man. Well, hey, great job today, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you again next week. You bet. Good luck with your hiring. Have a great week. Thanks, buddy. Once again, thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. As always, brought to you by the good people at Promo Corners Identity Marketing, the interactive tool for promotional products professionals. 